0: to another edition of The Only Podcast. I am your co-host, Austin Smith, joined as always by your other co-host, John Kirby. You can find us on Twitter at smith 6 and at John underscore Kirby. And as always, follow the mothership at The Only Colors. Uh, it is at the time of recording, Wednesday, October 10th, and I am sad
1: we needed an extra day here.
0: Yeah, sorry. We know we're rolling out a little late this week, but
1: uh, we needed to calm down because yeah, we had a rough Saturday back there. Um, to remind everybody, uh, in case St- you had forgotten, Michigan State dropped uh, a home game, homecoming game, to one in three Northwestern by double digits, uh, while holding them to eight rushing yards. I think Good. That encapsulates the situation. Yeah, pretty much sums it up. Um, so that was awful. Um, <laughs> I don't really know how else to. I'd love to sugarcoat it. There were some positives, uh, oddly, um, many more negatives, and it makes the rest of the season seem pretty rocky.
0: Yeah, it, uh, you know, I think coming out of Arizona State, a lot of, you know, there was a lot of skepticism that you know it's all obviously warranted but i think you could write it some of it off at that point to like ah, uh, this team's just getting comfortable oh it's out of conference no one big 10 teams ever won there the knock con- there were a mm-hmm. lot of things you could throw at you that just point at yeah and uh there's really none of that with this one to to me it's and it's all and we'll get into it more in a second we want to talk some basketball before we really dive into the full analysis but to me it's uh this one Feels much more self-inflicted and much more indicative of of uh, potentially some much larger issues.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, So we'll jump into that, but let's talk a little positive. Yeah, you know we have positive for now. It is uh, mid October, um, which means midnight madness came and went for the men's basketball team and women's basketball
0: team. A couple things coming up on the calendar. Oh, wait, quick. Yeah. One announcement that came out of that was that MSU is going to be using the Seventy-nine ah. championship. Nine. Jan- what was it? Seventy-nine, yeah. yeah. That was only one year off. Um, the Magic Johnson championship team uh, jerseys as their alternate. So I guess that's an interesting question for you, John. I'll give you my thoughts in a moment. But um, means that means the MAC uniforms are gone. R.I.P. in peace. Yeah. Thoughts? I'm so happy they're gone.
1: <laughs> I, I just... Strong agree. Not... I, you know, I, I love you know reflecting on your roots. Never forget it. But you know, the state scripts are so much better.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's not even like those were that bad. But the the other option is just so good, like so good yeah. to the point that I you why? Know, when when they brought it back for Denzel, why would you ever not why go away from it? Like yeah. that should be their. All the time. I you don't know, understand. There are certain uniforms in sports that you just don't, like, mess with. Yeah. Red Sox, Yankees. Sure. Like, you know, I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of other ones. Cowboys, whatever. Lakers. Um, I-, I feel like those script Spartans are right up there. They're beautiful. There. They're incredible. Yeah. And so, for them to bring them back, I personally am so excited. And with the Mac ones, a lot of people liked them. And they weren't bad. Yeah. But I hated... Every single game, if you're watching with somebody who didn't know Um, MSU, and even a lot of people who do know MSU, had no idea what it meant. They're like, that's cool. What the hell does it mean? Well, it's good for
1: them to get that history lesson.
0: And now now that we've educated the people, it's time (laughs) to move on to good stuff.
1: Well, this year we'll educate them on how amazing that 1979 national champion team
0: was. 100%.
1: Um, the, the, we won't be able to see what uniforms the team wears on October 27th, because they will be participating in a closed scrimmage
0: against Gonzaga in Minneapolis. A lot of random (laughs) words in that sentence. Things you may not think go together. So some things of
1: note, um, Minneapolis, home of this coming year's final four. Mm. Interesting.
0: Sure. place when you think of where do I want (laughs) to go in March and April. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I, like, I think Minneapolis. <laughs> I'd
1: like to find a colder place to be. I'd like to go somewhere north
0: of Detroit exactly <laughs> and then um,
1: you know this is different for Michigan State. Normally, we have two exhibitions that we play every year um, that you' usually at Breslin. This year, I uh, opted to do the other option, which is have a closed-door scrimmage. Um, the rules for that just mean that it can't be taped, that the media basically can't be there, and there are very limited amounts of stats that you can say happened afterward.
0: I, How do you feel about it? I think it's, uh, I think it's awesome, personally. Um, as much as it would be cool to see this game or have some insight into it, yeah. Here's to hoping that maybe a student can sneak in or somebody can sneak in with like a good periscope there and get something out of it. But um, I feel like this is going to be probably better than an exhibition. I mean, I think what you run into a lot of times early in a season um, in those exhibitions is, you know, you're, you're working out the kinks, but also your team is going into these thinking like, all right, we're, we're going to roll in this game. Yep. Maybe don't take it as seriously as they normally would. This, while it's not going to be televised, I think, A, is putting you up against, a, obviously, a, a great opponent in yep. Zaga. So you're, t- you're practicing against a highly competitive opponent, a better team than you're probably going to play in a lot of games this year. Mm-hmm. And you're doing so in closed doors um, or behind closed doors. So it's probably going to be more instructive and probably not follow the rigid format of a game. So right. i got to think that this is more like collaborative and really working on the teams getting better. I have absolutely no idea why it's in Minneapolis of I, all places. I don't know. It's not really a midpoint. I don't know. It's just situation. sort of, it's like the thing closest to the Dakotas that you could get for Gonzaga. So, I don't really know. So, um, But I, I love it. Overall, I
1: think it's a really cool idea. I, I love it as well. I a because I don't have to decide if I'm really going to buy that B, BTN Plus package to watch <laughs> us play Northwood or something. Because I do, you know about it because am i, I really know. am i really gonna do this god i'm doing, I'm doing here's my credit card for doing it uh the real reason i love it is because it goes from zero to 100 really quick when <laughs> you are playing northwood or um another division two opponent and then you play in the champions classic uh, michigan state yeah. will open with um number one or number two kansas uh, for the first game of the year uh, the champions classic and no better way to get a parameter of where you're at than playing a team like Gonzaga, um, rather than playing a, a
0: lesser opponent. Yeah, maybe it, you know, nothing can match the the lights of that opening oh, no. game. You but know, the talent but, level is at least closer. Right, but that's exactly right. I think you you're getting closer than playing you know another random college for an exhibition. So, all in all, I mean, it's it's I, I'm I'm in favor of it. I kind of hope that they keep doing it.
1: Yeah. Um, Brendan Quinn, uh, released the unofficial, uh, media picks for, uh, the Big Ten this year, Michigan State, uh, number one. Does that surprise you, Austin?
0: You know, it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, now I think there are some teams that are going to surprise the Big Ten. I think it's good. I think really, it doesn't surprise me that they're picked at the beginning of the season. However, I will also not be surprised if they don't win.
1: Yeah, there, there are some a, other teams. Okay.
0: I mean, there are some other teams within the Big Ten. I mean, I default to the first team we always end up talking about. I think Michigan's going to end up being really good. Yep, Indiana. I think Indiana's going to be really good, and Indiana might have the best player in the entire league in that's Roman right. Langford, who I have said before and will continue to reiterate. I am guaranteeing he drops thirty-five plus on Michigan State. <laughs> one of the games they play this year, oh, one hundred. Wow. Unless Bubba Brown comes out and is just an absolute lockdown defender, he is going to tear us apart.
1: You know who else is decent? Finally, yeah, it's taken like nine years. Nebraska ball. Nebraska ball is always frisky, but now they're actually—I don't want to say good. Well, but they are—they will be a
0: top four contender, and then Wisconsin returns almost every Wisconsin brings everybody back, and they're known to be pesky. I mean, I gotta think that Purdue with Carson Absolutely. Edwards again is going to be good. I mean, preseason probably player of the year. I think MSU getting the number one. Benef- I think MSU getting number one in a lot of ways is is it's rest- sort of the safe pick. It's safe and it's respectable. It's like- a safe, yeah. It's benefit of the doubt. Um, I-, I think it's safe because you know, listen, they ran rough shot over this conference last year. They killed most te- or they I mean, they only lost what two, three games, or well, something like that. And I mean, the they, games were closer than they should have been. Don't get me wrong. They lost a couple. They teams. lost some good players. But they also, in the scope of college basketball, brought back a ton of talent. A lot of top programs don't bring back right. three juniors like Cassius Winston-Langford and uh, Nick Ward. And you had some impressive other contributors. I mean, really outside of those two, obviously a big two, uh, you brought back almost all of your, all of your team. So yeah. while I... I think it's sort of just a safe choice I don't it doesn't make me feel better or worse about this team yeah and I think like you
1: said it's safe because while Indiana may have the best player by the end of the year we haven't seen it right. while Michigan may have a very deep team with a great incoming freshman class you haven't seen it and we know that beeline sometimes doesn't have them churning up to speed until right. you know the Big tens uh season's over it's the postseason it, it's safe Purdue lost uh, Isaac Haas mm-hmm. you know it. It's just the same And, Vince, and
0: Vince Edwards too. Yeah,
1: and Vince Edwards, they lost. It's and just Dakota
0: Matthias. They lost a Purdue lost a lot, and I they'll mean, be fine. Yeah. They'll be fine. be fine because Carson Edwards and with, is
1: really. Good. And you can't pick Wisconsin because they had a losing record last yeah. year. Even if they
0: do return everyone, we'll see how good they are. And yeah, to go from worst to, or from one of the worst to yeah. first is a big exactly. leap, no matter how good the guys you have coming back are.
1: But you know, we'll do a much deeper dive on the men's basketball team and um, the entire conference probably in a couple weeks. As we get closer to uh, that 10:27 uh, close scrimmage, and then the 11-6 Champions Classic game in Indianapolis, so That's exciting. Yeah, a lot of fun stuff on the horizon. Some not so fun stuff. Less fun now to talk about. So, as we mentioned, uh, the football team lost 29 to 19. Some good things happened. Some bad things happened. Some weird things happened. Austin, I'm going to tell you some of the good things, and, and then tell you why those are also bad. <laughs> okay, great. The good news is Michigan State controlled the total yardage, time of possession, won the turnover battle, <laughs> held the opposing team to eight yards rushing. The bad news is they did all of that and lost by ten. So I don't really—it's not one of those things where you can say, like, "Well, they had bad turnover luck," or right? it was one of those things where, uh, man, you know, Northwestern uh, just was able to really convert on a whole bunch of third downs and control the clock. And rush the ball and bleed the clock and make the game shorter. That didn't happen.
0: I don't know. It's hard to pinpoint. Uh, to me, this was just it, a team getting in its own way repeatedly. I mean, they had so many opportunities to score. They had opportunities to increase their lead. Um, it, it, it's a team that just can't get out of its own way. And the, the biggest issue... Well, we can look at both sides of the ball. We'll start on defense. Um, MSU did what they've done all season. Yeah, they have a they have a at this point a historic run defense, like a, a defense you literally cannot run on.
1: It is it's an, I, it's so far past impressive, and a weird take um, that busted coverage seventy five yard pass from Northwestern. Is that is that a result of uh, you know the safety dowel, like being so hungry to keep that rush defense? It's possible. You know, I don't know. You know, there was a great – someone in the broadcast made a great point and said, you know, he's reading the pulling guard there, and they pulled but didn't run that time. They, they did that of, a couple times. And they and that was by design, you know, to pull the safety up. Great play call. Um, that said, it's like, are are we losing track of, of – Yeah. Of, or is the defense, like, the passing defense that predictable? That is the other pace. Are we that predictable – Um, And I think we've heard a couple of times, and maybe it was just for the MSU offense, but hearing other teams' coaches say we knew
0: what they were going to do. Yeah, I mean, it's scary, frankly. And and what I was going to say is, like, yes, this run defense is incredible, but on the other side of the coin, it's so good that teams – just kind of don't even try. Like, I, I don't think teams are going to try anymore when you look and you say, okay, I mean, yeah, we'll do it to keep them honest and maybe try to catch them from time to time. But Michigan State, I think, to this point, is one of the five most passed-upon offenses in the entire country. Yep. If you're, I mean, ranking 100. And if you're still going to play man-to-man, yeah, what can you do? I mean, you're
1: right. And especially when you're losing, or not losing, but have not played this year with your best man to man
0: defender. And that's the that's the Scott. that's the Scott. flip side of this coin is that hey, if you have Josiah Scott, how much different does this look? Potentially quite a bit. I will be I will admit I did not think I think I underestimated how important losing Josiah Scott was, Absolutely. was going here. Going to be. And I think it's part and parcel of that same argument of I didn't realize how much pressure was going to be on this passing defense. And I think the fact that teams aren't even trying to run is now putting down much more pressure on the secondary, which is exposing that even that lack of depth. The fact, Kalon Gervin's not really getting out there. The fact Henderson has been, you know, ended up at safety. The fact, Josh Butler has been dinged up. I've seen a lot of Trey person, uh, who I think has actually done a pretty good job of holding his own, but listen, he's not, he's not a freshman all America. He's like, that's not, yep. you, you lost a very, very good corner. And frankly, Jo- Justin Lane is getting picked on a little more too.
1: Yeah, that's it's a really good point. You know, I, I will want to point out and give props to to Clayton Thorson. He threw some yeah, absolute dude. dimes, and and there's I would even argue, I don't know if Josiah Scott stops
0: no, those probably, passes. Probably it's not.
1: incredible, and and those are the passes that this defense traditionally um, in the past ten years we're willing to give up their low percentage passes mm-hmm. to convert those is so difficult he did he's a done couple three years in a row exactly and, and you know unfortunately you just have to say
0: thank god he's gone yeah, honestly, you know like, this is such a like a i feel like every team in every sport you look around and there's one dude who randomly killed you and you're like what the hell taylor who battle is this guy yeah, freaking taylor <laughs> battle good lord yeah, and Clayton Thorson has now maybe risen to the top of that list. Maybe not because these games have been of consequence, but like just in terms of sheer numbers, he's he been, owns us. He's absolutely owned Michigan State, and he wasn't good. If you watched him against Michigan, he was objectively terrible, and wow. he was under pressure. That Michigan State once again got home. Uh, I I think the hardest thing defensively was that. I mean, I don't hold that last touchdown against them. They no. basically had one busted no. coverage, and if they don't have that busted coverage, I mean you hold it. They stopped them in the red zone multiple times. They made them they missed a field goal. Like this team, you can't blame the defense. Despite the passing yards given up, you don't blame the defense in on this one. This falls on the offense. Absolutely. This this one thousand percent falls on the offense. And I Absolutely. said something, I think I said it here last week. Or if not, I tweeted it. This team will not become anything of substance, anything worth remembering, frankly, if it's not getting a very good to great Brian Lowry. Yep. If you're not, to this point, and you said it to me earlier, he's regressed. He's yeah. taken a, a, I'm not going to say sizable step back because he still makes some, you know, great throws. plays that make you really go, wow, this kid's got a super bright future. And not all of this is his fault, but like you're you're not getting the kid that is going. What I expected, I think it was a fair expectation. He did this last year. So he's the guy that elevated everybody else's game. That's right. And at this point, for reasons that we'll dive into, he hasn't done that. He has played up to the caliber of his talent around him. I call that the Matt Stafford effect. Ooh plays up to the talent around him, he doesn't bring the talent up a level. You know what I mean?
1: I'm with you. You know, I will not counterpoint, but give you uh, my reason for hope with him is that it's not plenty of reason for hope. But the reason specifically being we have seen it with our own two eyes. Mm -hmm. We have seen it against good teams. I don't know where it is, but I have seen it. Yeah, and that gives the only reason for hope. And,
0: for and, and I I think there's a ton of reason, room for hope. I mean, we're not even halfway into this yeah. season. If you can, but if your heart, if your hearts can take it, but, but three
1: and two. I mean, that that I don't know if that was even on the radar. I mean, that is a worst wasn't case on, scenario. wasn't
0: on my radar. Worst case scenario. I thought five and zero oh coming out of this stretch was to be expected. Frankly, <laughs> I I don't think they should have lost a single game. Four and one would have been okay. Now, I mean, honestly, you're looking at the rest of the schedule, and you know this week obviously will tell you a awful lot about this team, but um, let's talk about, well, yeah, I, I just want to say one more thing. I, I yeah. think it, with, for the like he has two areas, er- the, the offensive line's killing him. Absolutely. It's absolutely killing him. And we said this at the beginning of the year. I've said it a couple, t- a couple times since the top line of this, this team's talent looks real good, mm-hmm. especially on areas like the offensive line though. Injuries ruin them. David Beatles out for a month. Colt Chewens is finally back to even playing half of the snaps it mm-hmm. uh, looks like, you know, we've talked about Reed. We've talked about Higby. These guys being a little miscast. Luke Campbell, who everybody thought was your sure power right tackle, benched. starter for the rest of the year. Benched. Moved to guard and then benched.
1: Yeah, he's going to be, he's listed as the third string this week. I don't know how much we see him. And that's with, um, you know, a beetle out for a month. You know, I don't know what's going on there. It's it's tough to see. and And because of that, you've seen it just a, Incredibly poorly efficiently run red zone offense. Yeah, because we—that's
0: especially where it's
1: going. And we me. and we've talked about it that once this team gets inside the twenty, inside the ten, it almost gets the degree of difficulty gets harder. Mm. You cannot run the ball, and there's no room for Brian to throw. And now you—it's
0: just—it's its own new disaster. I mean, the fourth and one. At the end of the game was the ultimate example. I mean, they—I don't blame them for going for it at all. Oh, that's I think not that's the the right. Issue. Move, but like, to it to, to, to not be able to get yardage and to consistently go backwards. I mean, this team instead of answering the bell in the big moment, which is what they've historically at Michigan State under Dantonio been so good at, mm-hmm. they went backwards. They've completely collapsed in the big moment multiple times, even yeah. in games that they've won.
1: Which is just again. Not not such a big deal, and that hey, you know that's bad luck. But this team, no, it's not bad but this luck. team did that last year. That's yeah. why it's
0: like he's historically done it with the same same players. It's just uh, yeah, it's something they've got to find right now. And you heard Joe Bacci after the game pretty, saying, pretty upset. Yeah, well he said you know. Um, we're gonna have players-only meetings, and if if leaders, if people want to lead, they have to lead. Yeah. I wonder specifically who he's calling out. I honestly don't know, but
1: um, that's a, that was an odd statement. I'm not gonna to read too far into it, but it's it almost sounds like you're calling very specific people out. You know, I mean, there's only
0: so many people that are leaders. On exactly. This so it's gonna be, yeah, it's gonna be interesting moving forward. And um, before we get into Penn State, let's uh, let's talk about some actual fun shit that happened.
1: Okay. So, um, notable results from last week. Um, Texas back. They Dude. defeated Oklahoma 48 to 45 and didn't just beat them, broke Oklahoma's back so much so that they fired their defensive coordinator. Yeah, that's incredible. And not just any defensive coordinator, a stoops. Yeah. Like, They're just getting all the
0: stoops up out of town.
1: I mean, wow. I, you talk about that is a rivalry.
0: That's People are fired problem.
1: over the, after the game. Mm,
0: yeah, I mean, if uh, you don't
1: get on the get to get on the bus home, you
0: get. Uh, might be a game in two weeks where I might support that if certain things go a certain way. I I so is
1: Texas back Austin?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, until further the, notice. Until further notice, yes. I mean, until they drop. I don't know what else they're supposed to do at this point. I, I mean, how? Okay, but flip side of that coin, they lost to Maryland. Yes, Maryland. Hey, football.
1: I know. I don't. Here's what I will say Texas probably will do something stupid and lose to Baylor this week. Yeah. But the wins are good. Listen,
0: are they? TCU, I mean, listen, at least in terms of brand names. Yeah. TCU, USC, Oklahoma. I like TCU. I thought TCU Yeah. Was win.
1: Okay. Yeah. But, I'll give you that. You know, scraped by Kansas State, yeah. scraped by Tulsa. Hey, Maybe they are back. We'll see. They're not. They're not. They'll lose some stupid game. <laughs> um, that's something to be said about the, the, that rivalry, though. Texas has won that game in the past couple of years, and they were awful.
0: Yeah. So I know. They give Oklahoma some serious trouble.
1: Um, moving on to the SEC, uh, LSU, all of a sudden, who is ranked number five in the country after some nice wins, drops uh, one by eight uh, in the swamp at Florida. And all of a sudden – Florida's starting to say to themselves, Are we
0: decent? Are we good? Uh, I think one thing I can say for sure is that Florida's defense is really good. Yeah, that is not in question. Really good. Yeah. Um, And they've got some fantastic names as a part of that defense as well. What kind Um, of names? Their defensive end, I think his last name is like Zuniga or something crazy like that. How do you like it? Yeah, they, they, it's a really good defense. Um, I don't think Felipe Franks is very good. Their offense leaves a lot to be desired, but they were able to run the ball. I mean, kind of down LSU's throat. They won. They so the past two weeks, past three weeks, you know, they won
1: at uh, two SEC teams and then beat Florida. And their only loss is to uh, Kentucky. Yeah, you know, in Kentucky they did. The cats did drop one. Um, Saw but, that coming. Man, we said that a last mile week. away, right? But still, uh, Florida maybe not good, but definitely not bad. D-
0: definitely kind of dangerous. And both neither of these teams have a quarterback. I don't think Burrow. Yeah, I think they're they, neither of them have a quarterback. So it's typical SEC football. All
1: right, and then finally, uh, the Fighting Irish to go into Blacksburg um, and beat Virginia Tech, forty-five to twenty-three, of true beating. Um, and you got to think, this is a playoff-bound team as any team in the uh, country right now outside of
0: Tuscaloosa. Said it last week. They're going. They're going. I mean, like, It's really, hard to even, see. Even a, if they lose a game, I sort of think they're still going to go. Well, Cause and it's Notre
1: Dame. And it's like, but where? Who do they lose Well, that's to? just
0: it. If you look at the schedule, I mean, we're going to read the schedule to you. Yep. Home against Pitt. Bye. Home against Navy. Actually, Navy is a neutral location. Um at Northwestern, home against Florida State, neutral location against Syracuse at USC. I – if they were on the road at Florida State, I might, I might bite. They're not losing to Navy in a neutral location. Nope. They're not losing – I mean, I'll give Syracuse a little credit if I look at this roster. And, you know, at Northwestern, Northwestern certainly seemed friskier last week than before. I still don't think that's a good team, but um, – Listen, based on what they've showed, again, since Book became the quarterback, it's a different team. They man. have, beat, they have uh, scored 56, 38, and 45. He's thrown for almost three, he's thrown for at least 271 yards in every game. Damn. They've given up no more than 27 points in a single game. And aside from that, they've only given up over 20 points twice in six games, despite playing. Michigan, Stanford, and on the road at Virginia Tech. Well, this know, is this is a very
1: good team. You know what else they get to say? I mean, if push comes to shove and there's a playoff argument, we didn't even – against Michigan, we had our second string quarterback. Yeah, 100%. And we no, and I'm dead serious with oh, that I'm, argument. I know. You can say – because the night and day between Michigan – or excuse me, Notre Dame, uh, they're <laughs>
0: – John just got a dog, so if you can hear the dog. Uh, Sorry. Slurping water, that sort of thing. He's, he's a Spartan a, dog, though. Yeah, he's a very good boy.
1: Um but anyways. Was, sorry, what I was getting at is that Notre Dame, they are night and day between when they were playing Michigan and and so I'm just like I'm impressed with this quarterback. I mean, especially because God, I don't want to say he came out of
0: nowhere, but like I mean, I had never heard of him it's before. That's what I this mean. Year. Well, and, and do you think he has earned the right to be murdered by the Alabama Crimson Tide? I don't wish that upon he anybody. He is not that tall. Like, uh, he seems like a little guy. And he is... Uh, he's just mincemeat if they play Alabama. But the fact of the matter is I think they're... I think this is a playoff team. And I'm, it's not just because, oh, it's Notre Dame with the brand name and all that stuff. I have watched this team the last three weeks. Defense is legit. It's, it's good. It's, oh, the defense is really good. The defense is so legit. So. It's a good team. So if you hate them, this is going to fuel that fire. And you're going to dance on their graves if they lose a game. But... I kind of think they're going to win.
1: Hold on to that thought on Notre Dame, but we're going to keep going into some note, the Big Ten results quickly. Okay. Illinois took down Rutgers. Rutgers looks just really bad. And here's a weird thing to say: Illinois has a winning record. What? They're three and two. Really? That's a very real thing. Jeez, that's upsetting. Isn't that crazy? Uh, moving on, uh, Michigan uh, took care of Maryland, forty-two to twenty-one. I didn't catch much of this game, so Maryland ran back a kick.
0: Yep. Um, it was fairly typical, Michigan. Started slow and then just... Kind of overpowered just them. Just Yep.
1: Uh, Which then you, they're really good at. Yep. Uh, Iowa took out, went to Minnesota, won 48-31, a very un-Iowa score to score that many points. Yeah, it's your fault. I have cursed Minnesota ever since even giving them a, a blink that yeah. they were not awful. They were said, oh no, hold my beer. Yeah. We are not oh Hold on just a second. Um, Indiana went to Ohio State, played, and lost by twenty-three. I don't think it was as bad as it could have been. Indiana held their own. It was actually even—I don't want to say a game—but in the third quarter, I think it was a two-possession game. They were never going to win. But the fact—that's Indiana. Think about. I was going to say
0: the standards. It's so—it's so funny in college athletics how the standards for every program are so the goalposts are so different. They are. But Indiana being within two scores with half a game to go is a massive win. Uh, it's just funny, yeah. and I feel like we might find ourselves in the same. Absolutely. Club, but. Well, and Ohio State might just be on a different plane with only oh, a couple other teams, yes, right? I mean, uh-huh. Ohio State's one of the only teams that I think is a realistic. You've watched them, and you're like, yeah, that team belongs in the playoffs.
1: They could
0: be. They could walk onto the same field with Bama and not look dumb. Yeah, I absolutely like, agree with that. I think they'd lose by yeah, multiple scores, but not, but not They wouldn't
1: look stupid. Exactly. And then finally Nebraska went into uh Madison and lost uh 41 to 24. This it, closer than I thought it would be.
0: Yeah. But this
1: journey Nebraska there's...
0: 0 and 6, 0 and 5.
1: 0 and 5 I believe there is yeah, it's not 0 and 5 and they this week I don't know what's going to happen. They they play at Northwestern. Northwestern's a five-and-a-half-point favorite. I don't know. Is that the win? I don't know.
0: No, I don't think so. Exactly. I mean, like, I don't know. I think Northwestern's good enough to beat teams like – Northwestern's a six-and-six six team, if you ask me.
1: Yeah. Uh, one yeah. of those
0: wins came against us. Yeah. I think they beat teams like Nebraska.
1: All right. So, before we get back into the Big Ten, let's talk about some notable national games um, yeah. coming up. There are a couple big ones um, we're talking about. You want to yeah. leave these off?
0: Yeah, sure. So, first big one is uh, – Really kind of the marquee matchup of the weekend is Georgia heading to uh, Death Valley to play Louis- to love Louisiana it. State. Uh, to play LSU. I love it. I feel like this one... I think LSU might have gotten caught napping before... Yeah, you know, that's a good call. Week. And it's really too bad because a top five matchup in... It, but it's not a night game. So Georgia has that going for them. Yeah. Uh, no, I think this is... I think Georgia is... I look at Georgia, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Bama as head and shoulders. Not head Notre and shoulders. Dame. Yeah, so Notre Dame. Oh, sorry. I thought, I thought okay. Yeah. So Alabama. I think I, Notre Dame, Georgia, Bama. Alabama, and Clemson. Clemson. And I said somebody else, too. It's, it's fine. There's right? another team. Yeah, Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State, yeah. That uh, I think are like the class of college yeah. football this year. And I look at Georgia. I almost put it in three different classes. There's Bama. Yep. And then there's Georgia, and then there's the other three. Yeah, I think Georgia's right. going to go in and kind of, maybe not roll, but I think they're going to win comfortably. LSU's defense is really good, but I, I just don't know how they're going to score on Georgia.
1: Yeah, that that's where I don't know either. You talked about the quarterback play being something to be desired yeah. out of LSU. Um, they do have the benefit of being having a home game. Um, Which is a big deal. It I mean, is. It's a in the really essence.
0: tough place to play.
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think Georgia is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite feels right
0: on the road yeah that tells you what people think of Georgia yeah that's that's strong next one Notre Dame oh Um, no the next one Washington at Oregon yeah man this is the Ducks blown opportunity stinks it's still gonna be a great game yeah the thing is they can still win their division I believe absolutely um this is gonna be a great I think you're absolutely right it's gonna be a great game it's gonna be really interesting with Oregon like how do you respond to having a second chance to get a marquee win at home, because this this really is the ch- a chance for them to get their first huge national win in, in a while years I yeah mean, in a really while quite some time um, yeah Washington and you missed it a couple weeks ago they had and you a, got it now
1: they had it and they, it was in their you hands They blew it they you blew epically blew it. blew it Washington uh three point favorite going into this game Um Oregon still would they you know controls their own destiny. They do. They can win this game. I'm on board. It's not over, but this should be a really nice game. And then the game uh, we were talking about, it's not a national notable game, but it is the game that Pitt will win. Pitt plays at Notre Dame, and Pitt is not good. I do not say this because Pitt is good. I I do not say this because Notre Dame is bad. This, because college football is funny. It just feels like it's a a feel game. It's It's funny. And this is just perfectly pit to come in and ruin this season and finish five and seven or something. Pitt will finish five and seven. Yeah. But that one of their wins will be ruin like Notre Dame's chance to
0: go to the playoff. It yeah. just feels It would it would happen. I'll be all for it. Again, I'm I'm very much a Notre Dame Yeah. I'm on board with them. And honestly, the way my picks are looking, I have to cling to the one that's actually working. So um but Pitt Pitt's was... just like this they're
1: good for one good thing a year.
0: Yeah. One weird win. They yeah. Penn State a couple years ago.
1: They in Syracuse, something about that area of the country. They're like, something about ACC football. Yeah. Ugh. Blah. All right. Speaking of blah, or upcoming around the Big Ten, uh, Minnesota goes to Ohio State. That'll be ugly. Don't watch that.
0: Yeah. Ru- be real bad.
1: Speaking of, I don't even think this is a Big Ten game. Ooh. Rutgers plays at Maryland. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess that's a Big Ten game. Mm. Maryland is a 25-and-a-half-point favorite. Jeez. Yeah, that's how bad Rutgers is. Um, Iowa-Indiana. That's my uh, oh, game oh, this week. Yeah?
0: Yeah. You think Indiana could sneak up and I get th- them?
1: Yeah, sure. It's at Indiana. We only lost to Ohio State by
0: 23.
1: Hey, it's yeah. at Indiana. It's an early start. You know, you get people napping a little yeah, bit. Okay, I'll
0: buy that. You know, it's
1: just Indiana.
0: It, Iowa's going to it, just for fun let me All right i'll let you have that one
1: nebraska at northwestern which sounded a lot cooler maybe two months ago it
0: sounded good at the time now <laughs> yeah, now is not
1: not for me um and then speaking of not for me purdue at illinois i would
0: say this is only for you
1: yeah man i'll <laughs> do it the only reason i won't do it is because it's at the same time as the michigan state game hopefully yeah. i won't be turning it off in hopefully I will
0: be like Thank God, there's another game on.
1: And then uh, the Big Ten game of the week: Wisconsin travels to Michigan for a night game, um, where uh, Michigan is now an eight-point favorite. Wow, over Wisconsin seems high.
0: That seems really high.
1: Um, Jeez,
0: Wisconsin—that's that's just Vegas. That's Vegas. Just yeah, I feel like if I'm betting this game, I'm I'm taking. If you can get Wisconsin with minus eight, that's incredible.
1: Feels feels good, right? I mean, Wisconsin. Yes, they they hiccuped against BYU. I guess maybe people are seeing a trend last week's 17-point win against Nebraska at, home, at night wasn't maybe as strong of an performance as they wanted. I don't know. And maybe the Wisconsin just isn't quite as good as everyone thought they were yeah. this year.
0: No, I mean, I think that's clearly true. I mean, people a lot of people are talking about them as a playoff team. That's obviously not the case. It doesn't look to be. Uh, I This is a really interesting one for me because Wisconsin – does still have, from what I understand, a pretty solid rush. Absolutely, they're great. I mean, if you can slow, to, again, it. They're going to shape. Patterson Shea, has looked much better the last few weeks, but going to the way make, Michigan's mm-hmm. offense works. You got it. Everything plays off the run. Yep. And, and if Higdon, you are, Yep. Thirty carries. Yeah, that's what they want to do. Yep. Nothing's new. So if Wisconsin can slow their run game down, and you make Shea Patterson into a Predictable pocket-ish type of passer, which he does. He gets happy feet. He doesn't. Well, he's not a pocket passer. He never has been. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it's you know it could go awry. I
1: for, think it just Michigan. becomes a a late game, meaning yes. like it just it's close. It's close. It's close. And before you blink, and it's like oh god, there's less than ten minutes to go
0: in the fourth quarter, yeah. and it's a one possession game. Who executes? Who who's gonna win? It, it, who doesn't screw up? Yeah, And then in the, other, the flip side of that, Wisconsin scoring is going to be tough. It's going to be on Hornybrook to make it. They're going to the exact
1: same thing. It's very
0: similar. The exact same team. Thing. So it, it's who do you trust between, you know. Hornibrook and Sheba. Well, and the other part is which offensive coordinator do you trust? Who Great do you question. trust to be the one to pull out the wrinkles to, you know, put his quarterback in a better position to succeed? I'm not sure that uh, – I don't know the answer to that question.
1: Well, Michigan probably has a few more tools than Wisconsin just in uh, talent. Um, especially on the sure. on the edge, um, yeah. I'll be interested. I'm really excited to see that Wisconsin line to go against Michigan's D line. Yeah, it's, uh, it's be strength
0: pretty, on strength. That's going to be pretty
1: great. Um, so, speaking of strength on strength, Michigan State at Penn State features uh, some pretty nice uh, rushing offense versus some pretty nice rushing defense. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's where the comparisons
0: for strengths for Michigan State die. Yeah uh before we even talk about that it is land grant trophy land week. Grant,
1: if you can't get up for land grant trophy
0: week if you haven't seen the ugliest trophy in all of sports buddy google I'd, that sob and make it your screensaver for the
1: week it's you might as well yeah do it right now i mean there's we'll there's nothing bigger to be playing for in all yeah. of college football um yeah so afternoon kick and state college yep. I have some good news for you, Austin. Mm-hmm. While we do uh, while we are 14 point underdogs in this game, there is a 40 to 50 percent chance of cloudiness and rain. Let's go. You gotta be thinking, if you're a Penn State fan right now and they just happen to open their like weather app and they're like, Oh, are you kidding Man, me?
0: Would I be <laughs> happy?
1: So yeah. if you remember last year where there was a what three and a half hour delay because yeah. of the rain in Michigan State probably out-talented in that game, pulled yeah. it off. Um, uh, yeah, they had Saquon Barkley. Yes. <laughs> it contained Saquon Barkley. That was never in question. Twice. Um, so uh, they do not have Saquon Barkley this year. However, they do have a very capable running back. Uh, and, and a very tr- good quarterback. And a very good quarterback in Tracy McSorley. Um, so uh, it's it's a very tall task for this Michigan State team, especially, though, uh, for Michigan State's offense to go against their defense, um, their passing defense, thirty third uh, in the in the country, that's the second best of Michigan State opponents we've played so far. And for Penn State rushing defense, um, they are not awesome, sixty seventh. But again, like we talked about, I don't even know if we can benefit. I off mean, of it that. doesn't
0: matter. Couldn't run the ball last week against Northwestern. We haven't been able to run it against Indiana. Like, yeah, it's, at, at this it's, point, you have to walk. assume that no matter who they're facing, they're not going to be able to run the ball. There's no reason to, to yeah. think that that's going to be something good. Now the rain might benefit. Absolutely, the past two, for the past two weeks, uh, the leading
1: rusher for Michigan State was a wide receiver. It was Jalen Naylor and then uh, Felton Davis. That just can't happen. And I know. This could be the return of LJ Scott this week. That would, in my opinion, greatly increase the chances if he is anywhere close to 100%. Um, so,
0: Yeah, I mean, that. obviously having your best running back would be incredible. I would love to have that. I just wonder how much it's going to matter, frank, frankly. I mean, I think there are plays, though, and I think you've seen it, where you have guys like Connor Hayward out in the flat. As much as I love my big boy, yeah, uh, he's not the fleetest of foot, he, uh, you know, hesitates, and he's just not that fast going east to west. I mean, there are a couple plays where you got to think that if you've got an NFL caliber running back out there, in L.J. Scott, mm-hmm. you, you know, you got a guy making plays. Even you've seen the the youth of. As much as I have enjoyed watching Ladarius Jefferson run the ball, he looks like a, a beast in the future. Like yep. he looks like a future star, given an offensive yeah. line and some more seasoning. But you even saw it with him, like just not being as decisive as he needs to be hitting the hole or going the wrong way, making the wrong read, missing a pass block. um, Yes. That's going to make a big difference having LJ back for sure. I mean, I would think that if he's not going to come back for this game next week. He has to be back. Yep. Um, Yeah. You know, offensively it's, it's going to be interesting. I don't see, especially if there's rain. I'm, I'm not sure what MSU is going (laughs) to do. Honestly, like they're going to try to throw the ball. Daryl Stewart, is, is back and healthy. It seems like hopefully Naylor will be back and healthy. Um, MSU, Felton Davis yeah. is still an absolute Stunk. beast. And to quickly go back to last week's game, I hope that it doesn't become a theme that MSU finds something like throwing the ball to Felton Davis that gets them the lead and is clearly working really well, and then they immediately go away from it as soon as it's worked in yeah. the fourth quarter. Because that's what they did. Uh, and it was so frustrating. If they do that in this game, they're going to find themselves down 17 in a matter of seconds. Um, The good news, if we want to – listen, we've been all doom and gloom about this game. Frankly, it is going to be very difficult. On the road, at a very good team, in a very hostile environment. Coming off a very tough loss. Coming off a bye and a tough loss. I mean, this is a – this is a game that'll tell you a lot about James Franklin, too, because if he comes in, and he is not one to be remorseful uh, mm-hmm. in his the way he deals with losing. Um, now, if they come into this game as prepared and ready to play as they should, I think their best just beats MSU's best, period, end of story. But there is some positive to this as well. I mean, MSU's got to feel, in, in a intangible way, MSU's got to feel pretty disrespected. They've got to be pretty down. you got to think that you know maybe this is the time when they band together and go out and do something crazy and win a game that nobody expects them to win. They've done sure. it before. Um, and on the actual field, I mean, this is the number one rushing defense in the country. This is a. Still have that. Giving up 33.8 yards a game through five games. This is no longer a coincidence. It is not something that they do somewhat well. This is an elite unit. And Penn State, for as good as Trace McSorley can be through the air and as many places they can make big plays through the air. This is a run-first offense. I mean, this is a read-option offense, which is a little different from some of the things MSU has seen so far, but uh, something they had, you know, recently have done a pretty good job of containing if, they're, if you're not playing Ohio State. Um, and if they can slow Penn State down in the running game, and you can contain Miles Sanders, who is an absolute beast, And if you can keep, more importantly, if you can keep Trace McSorley in the pocket or trying to be an actual quarterback, a thrower of the ball, you can force him into bad decisions. He doesn't make a lot. He's only got two picks this year, but uh, he threw a couple interceptions against Michigan State last year, was a little careless with the ball given the conditions. If you're in even similar conditions and you're um, able to apply the pressure that Michigan State's been able to apply and keep him kind of contained, you give yourself a fighting chance. It's just a matter of, can this team score? I mean, it's going to take 27 points to win this game. Probably. Is, is this team going to be able to find 27 points some way, somehow? So how does Michigan? And then have a great defense. Yeah. Play? Sorry. So, and so how does Michigan
1: state win? Well, I guess in my head, two things have to happen. One, every single playmaker has, it has to be healthy. Uh, LJ Scott, in my opinion, has to play for them to win this game. Jalen Naylor, has to play for them to win this game. Um, Cole Chewens can't be dinged up and has to play the whole game. Yep. Okay? Two. Um, The game has to be kind of like the way we described that Wisconsin-Michigan game. Long, slow, but then you find yourself within striking distance. Mm -hmm. And the way that that might happen is, you know, you mentioned it, Penn State is a run-first defense, but the, a lot of that run-first is Trace McSorley, too. Yeah. So he's going to take his hits, and the Michigan State's rushing defense will give up more than 34 rushing yards this game. And, which...
0: That's
1: okay. That's okay. <laughs> the clock will drain. You want them to get their yards um, that way. And then Trace McSorley is just going to have to miss on the passes that uh, Clayton Thorson made. Yeah. Okay?
0: And I think that's not an unreasonable expectation for all... The great things that McSorley does, he's, again, not a historical... He's not a as much of a pocket passer. And, you know, guys in the NFL are talking about loving Clayton Thorson because of his mechanics, his smooth delivery, his ability to throw pinpoint balls, whether you buy that or not. Uh, no one's ever saying the same thing about Trace McSorley.
1: So, you got that going for you. And then, you can't... Like, with Northwestern, you can't win this game with field goals. No. And while I... We have what seems to be an automatic weapon and kicker right now, 16 straight. And I do want to mention, he is uh, on pace. He is one of nine players in the country without a field goal miss. Wow. And he's on pace to be the best Michigan State kicker ever (laughs) in in, uh, field goals made and percentage. He's currently the highest percentage field goal kicker in Michigan State history. That's crazy. A lot of games lot of games. That boy left. McMuffin. But yeah, so you have a weapon in that. And while that's fantastic and great, I just don't know how many times you can
0: kick against a team like Penn State and expect to win. You can't. I mean, you you, you can't do it against Northwestern. You can't exactly. do it And it didn't Indiana. work out. You can't do it against Arizona State. You certainly can't do it against Penn State. It's just not going to work. Uh, this team has to do if, – if they realistically are going to win this game or even stay in this game, they have to correct – errors they've been making all season to this point. Yeah. They have to cash in on those opportunities, like you're saying. They can't have bad turnovers. They can't lose the field position battle. and you Gotta score when you have and the you, opportunity. You, ha- you have to be able to control the clock and score when the opportunity presents itself. This is as hostile an environment, as difficult a circumstances as you pretty much could draw up.
1: And it will be the most hostile environment we get the rest of the year. So, um, you know, better show up and and you know i hate to get you know to the extreme here but you lose this game and and it's hard to see um it's hard to see this season as six as a success regardless of what happens the rest of the year yeah let's say they win every other game it's it's funny because then you're gonna because then you're gonna just wonder what if you're gonna wonder what if again we north we lost northwestern
0: again We lost to Arizona State. What a dumb loss. Yeah, but if you win... If you win... Okay. I think the only... If you lose this game, the only way I see this season as a success... You win out. Is if you win out. Yeah. uh, Which is shitty. But I, I think if you lose this game, it very, like... You hate to say it, but this becomes a... Let's just beat Michigan type year. Well,
1: hopefully it doesn't come to
0: that. Hopefully it doesn't. I mean, winning this... And you know we talked about it a little bit before this. Technically, all this team's goals are still attainable, and in front of them, they haven't lost a division game. They could still win the division. They still have their three biggest games of the years in front of, of the year in front of them. But um, I, and, you know, I think anybody who's watched this team so far sees that there are a lot of different things that that need to be fixed. And uh, it's I don't I don't like getting into the blaming coach mm-hmm. game, but. I think we're approaching a very real decision point with a couple coaches, namely the offensive coordinator, Dave Warner, a guy who I think has, I have criticized him a ton, Uh, you know, we have here. But at the end of the day, I think ultimately, you know, calling for his job a lot of times has been, we've never really been the ones to do it, but um, it's been a little misplaced and misguided he's presided over some really successful offenses, but you are now seeing historical patterns over the last couple of years that have led to frustrating losses, a three and nine season. You're looking at a potential, I mean, you lose this game, you're three and three and you still play Ohio state, you still play Michigan. You might be looking at seven and five, if nothing goes wrong, it's very I mean, I'm yeah, not saying that I'm with that's you. what's going to happen, but and a lot of the things that come from that are yes, the offensive line has, has been banged up. No question but you're not seeing improvement out of your You're not seeing tangible improvement out of your quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Your game plan's not being creative. You're not using the mobility of your quarterback. You're still running these crazy trick plays and frankly at, at some point if the season goes a certain way and there's a tangible theme throughout it, you know, Mark Dantonio stood by his guys through very thick and very thin uh And so you you hesitate to say, oh, man, it's just an easy decision. But eventually the cries become really loud, and there's always somebody that falls as the scapegoat regardless. Yeah. I think that these next few weeks give Dave Warner a chance to, right or wrong, this is the position he's in. I think these next couple weeks give him a chance to quell a lot of those concerns. And if you can come out and you win this week, and you put on a capable offensive performance, and you're able to work around areas that are issues, you put a lot of stuff to bed. And that's the one thing about him that I think frustrates everybody, is that, like, yeah, we have flaws. Michigan State's got flaws. Every team has flaws. But, like, he never seems to manage to work around them. Yeah, the
1: warts (laughs) are there, and we don't apply any makeup. Yeah, you mean their two biggest pieces that jump out to me with him are – a, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, when other defenses and other coaches say we knew what they were going to do. That's a problem. That, that can't happen. And then the other piece that is tangible that we can look at and say that can't happen is when Michigan State has outscored 58-18 to 18 this season in the fourth quarter. And in the past three games, 38-7. to seven, right. seven points in the fourth quarter in three games. Right. That's
0: just, that just, like that can't happen. And that's a red zone issue. That's that, a ball possession issue. That's, that's. To me, the red zone offense calculates into that a lot, and it's just a massive issue. Like you, you have to be able to execute in the red zone. I mean, and, and they can't do it. And that's
1: a lot. And you know, that's something to be said on the and defense oh, too. It, it,
0: there, it is. There's, there's also the part where, like, you, I think last week was really like a. a a bad one for Dave. Yeah. Because this team had many opportunities. They never cashed in on them. And, that, and especially, okay, so there's about five minutes left in the game. Yeah. MSU's down three, 22 to 19. They've got the ball on their own, 25. Mm-hmm. Let's go. We, can, and, we got this, though. And, and yeah, we can go down and win this game. It, it, it would have been another Indiana where you're yep. like, okay, that was too close to call or way too close for comfort. And what happens in, in, instead of going to your bread and butter, or throwing to anybody that normally gets the ball. He throws a flare pass to Alante Thomas. Yeah. That loses six yards. Who isn't listed on the depth chart, by the way. I, like, there is such a thing, and he flirts with this line a lot, crosses it a lot. It's getting too cute. That is the epitome of getting too cute. And listen, I know the reverse to Felton Davis worked, mm-hmm. but, like... Thank God. Is that... Like, what if that doesn't is work? Is that sustainable? Is sustainable. that worth it? Yeah, he goes for the huge boom and the huge bust, and there's just way too much variability in that playbook right now. And it's a lot and a ton of east to west, and this team has athletes, but. It,
1: well, when it's not Jalen Naylor or Daryl Stewart. Do,
0: yeah, to, and Felton To do that in that moment is so. Irresponsible. <laughs> it's, it's a terrible decision. It's to the wrong player at the wrong time in the wrong circumstance. Like, you just can't make that call. That's, it's, it's terrible. And now, to the point of you know the, the crowd is now angry and you're giving – now you've given them plays that they can cite and say, remember that when that was terrible. There's tons of them that he can now. Mm-hmm. But you've got that rallying cry and like that's uh, – unless you can prove that you can bounce back in games like these next big ones – it's going to be tough to explain that kind of stuff away. I mean, I don't care how long you've been around. That's 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 a that is a an abysmal play call.
1: short shirts term spin zone. When you're in away game against the hardest place to play in the Big Ten, it's everyone against you. Yeah, there's no home crowd to
0: boo you. <laughs> yeah, you just got the away crowd to cheer you. Well, I as, I, as Michigan State used to do to Brady. Oh,
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, the the better times. Yeah. Um. So. Any any thoughts on the game? Any any
0: predictions? I, I mean, I I struggle to be terribly optimistic with this one, I think for the reasons we've laid out. I just think too many things would have to click correctly for MSU to really go go in and win this game. And honestly, when you were looking at the schedule coming into this, this was season, always, this yeah. was always one of probably the two that I had circled as like those are going to Ohio State at coming to MSU yeah. and then this State. this might have been the one I thought was the most difficult so this is this is a tough game it's a really good team I mean McSorley Sanders uh KJ Hamler they're wide out who MSU recruited really heavily and when you watch them you'll see why uh who's supposed to play super explosive um it's a it's a dynamic offense it's a team that's won big games I mean I, I'm not a big fan of Franklin's in-game coaching but it's a it's a it's a good team. You have that going for us. We do. It's, it's he, can out, he, he
1: can out-coach himself.
0: Yeah, very easily. That so. defense is good, though. I mean, they have uh, their corner. Aruwe is uh, a stud, probably one of the only people in the country mm-hmm. that's able to keep that legit can blanket Felton Davis. Yep. So um, That'll be a good matchup to watch. It's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting. If the offensive line comes to play, I mean, then there's no telling what this Michigan State team can do, but it's hard to imagine that given what we've seen. Uh, cross your fingers for rain. And uh, it's now or never, Brian. Yeah, it's your time. It's now or never. Well,
1: we, uh, beer of choice for the weekend?
0: Beer of choice. Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh,
1: uh, something with a lot of alcohol in it. For tough games, I like Miller High Life. That's the
0: opposite.
1: I like I like to be able to just guzzle because
0: I stress drink. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I can't like have a heavy alcohol. Yeah, I've also been, and feel free to judge. I've been a heavy on the White Claw game Look, recently. Got some Trulies in the fridge. Oh, see, <laughs> you all got right. me on the, tra- yeah, on the train. Yeah, that's right. I love a good White Claw. Song. High ABV. It's smooth. It's really it's refreshing. Worth trying. If you're listening, we are accepting sponsors. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Well, sorry for some of the doom and gloom. Don't worry, we got hoops coming soon, and uh, yeah, kind of a big game next week too. So. Um, For John, this has been Austin. And Wally. Uh, And Wally, yes, you guys got the the, Spartan dog. Spartan dog himself. Uh, We will catch you guys next week. See ya.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com.